Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. glad you came in out of the cold into the warmth of God's presence this morning. Amen. Will you stand with us? Who breaks the power?
worthy. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, the Lamb of God. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. you but I know Jesus has done something for me. Has he done something for you? Oh, Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. We'll go back into worship in just a minute. I'm so glad that you're here today. I know some of you had to put on your skis and snowshoes to come to church but I'm glad that you're here because you're in the right place today and we're going to go on an adventure. All right. One person is excited about going on an adventure. All right. We'll work on that. Uh, we're going to go on adventure. Hopefully everybody else comes with us. It's going to be really great today. Uh, my name's Eric. I'm the lead pastor here. I just want to welcome you to Hillside Assembly. If you're here in person watching online, we are grateful that you're with us and God has something great for you. At the end of service, we'll give you an opportunity to give tithes and offerings. You can do so in our giving box in the foyer. You can always give online at hillsideassembly.org. Just click on the giving tab. Uh, we've got a couple of announcements that we want to run by you this morning. Uh, the, here they are. We'll just go through them. If you have not filled out an update contact form, we would love for you to do that. Uh, Hannah just sent me a whole bunch of new ones last night. Uh, so I'll get those in the computer this week and get you on our mailing list, um, our email list. Uh, but we'd love to have your updated contact information. If you fill that out, we've got those forms in the form. For Sunday, February 12th, if for some reason we are not, uh, the backup date will be March 12th. We originally said March 5th, but that is the day uh, for the Rip and Fire Department barbecue, and so we do not want to miss that. Uh, so the backup date would be March 12th. The annual business meeting is right around the corner, so take note of that. Uh, next Sunday, we want to talk to you about Easter. I know it seems like Easter's way, way away. We still have snow on the ground. It snowed last night. Uh, we're going to talk about Easter, but we are because we've got some great opportunities coming up for the Easter season. Uh, and originally, we were going to have a meeting after church. Here's what we're going to do next week. Uh, we're going to bring those things into the service because it ties into my message. So don't miss next week. We're going to talk about Easter and what's going on. And then if some people could stick around after service for just a little while, we have a couple projects downstairs that we really need your help with. We'll give more information next week. But if you could plan to stick around, give us just maybe 15, 20 minutes extra time uh, next week after the message, that would be great because we could use your help downstairs uh, helping us with a project. 
Uh, and again, rip and fire, uh, rip and area firefighter, fire, blah, 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 blah. The, have you ever feel that way where you know what you want to come out and it's just not happening? Uh, I might start speaking in tongues right now. Uh, the Rip and Fire Department Chicken Barbecue is March 5th. Ron will have tickets starting next week for that. We'll have the information in the bulletin. Really encourage you. What a great opportunity to rub shoulders. It's for a great cause. Our firefighters do a great job. Amen. And uh, we want to love on them and support them. So you have an opportunity to do that and get a great meal in your belly. Uh, so tickets for that will be available next week. You can see uh, Ron for that. Who's ready to worship today? Man, I'm telling you what, we're going to have a great service because here's the game plan. We're going to do a little bit of worship. I'm going to come back and preach. And then we're going to interact with the Lord in three ways today at the end of service. And I believe it's going to be transformational for your life. God wants to do something in you. Do you feel the stirring of the Spirit today? He's here and he wants to do something in your life in a really cool way. Uh, and I'm excited to be a part of that today. Let's go ahead and ask the Lord for his presence to be here today. Lord, we believe that your word is true. The book of Acts speaks of a relationship we're to have with you, with the Holy Spirit. And that, Lord, the Spirit came to empower the church. Lord, I believe today you want to empower your church. Lord, as we look at prayer today in the beginning, in the beginning stages of the early church, Lord, may we learn some valuable lessons. And what you did in them, may you do it again in us that, God, you are calling the church to be full of your power, not for our own means or gains or glory, but, Lord, to accomplish the mission you are calling the church to do in this hour. Lord, we are not alone. Your presence is here, and we invite you into this place. As we worship today, Lord, may we let go of the things that weigh us down, the fear, indecision, the frustration, the hurt, the pain that's in this room, May we open our hands and let it go and grab a hold of your presence and worship you in spirit and in truth today. Lord, we love you. You have done so much in our lives already, and you say that you are not done, that you are rolling up your sleeves and just getting started. Lord, may we enjoy your presence today. May we give you the very best of our worship. In Jesus' mighty name, and God's people said, amen. Would you stand to your feet as we go back into worship? Are you ready to give an offering of praise? Paul said, a sacrifice of praise. Are you ready to give God what he so richly deserves, which only you can give? Robbie's going to start us off. My God, I need you. 
Jesus said, all who are thirsty, come to me, and I will give him water to drink. And out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living water. I speak the name of Jesus over you. In your hurt, in your sorrow, I will ask my God to move. I speak the name because it's all that I can do. In desperation, I'll seek heaven and pray this for you. I pray for your healing, that circumstances will change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a what happened today? I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I speak the name of all authority, declaring blessings, every promise. Faithful to keep, I speak the name no grave could ever hold. He is greater, he is stronger, he's the God of possible. I pray for your healing, the circumstances will change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name.
pray for revival, for restoration of faith. I pray that the dead will come alive in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Maybe you've got people that you're praying for. If you've got people you're praying for, just lift up your hand and pray for that person now. As we sing, I pray for your healing. I pray for your healing. That circumstances would change us name in today's name in Jesus' name. Pastor. church this morning that you would leave no doubt in any mind that you are the king of kings and the lord of lords that you would pour your spirit into their life and that they might know your empowerment pray that the facade that we may have walked into this building with today would crumble in your presence. That we strip away every ounce of fakeness and facade and bear ourselves before our King just as we are. Your love for us is great. And God, you have called us for such a time as this. I pray this morning that you would put me in and that you would empower me to preach, not with my power, but with yours. That the ears in this place would be opened and that the spirits would be ready to receive from you what we need what we need to be your church. God, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. Kids, we're dismissing you to Kids Church. Miss Jackie is ready for you in the foyer. Uh, so you can head that way. Worship team, thank you for sharing this morning. We will be taking communion as a part of the end of service. We'd love for you to make sure you have those elements. If you didn't get them when you came in, if you'd step out in our foyer, we have those available for you. We want to make sure everybody has those elements uh, when the time comes. We're going to pick right back up in Acts chapter 4 uh, with our characters Peter and John. They had just been put on trial. They were jailed and put on trial before the religious leaders, uh, really for helping a man and preaching the gospel, proclaiming the gospel to people. I don't even know if preaching is the right word. They were just sharing uh, that Jesus, there's power in Jesus' name. And they were, uh, they were put on trial for this. The, those that were there uh, couldn't find any fault. They were trying to control them, trying to say what they couldn't couldn't do. And uh, when it came to the fact that they said, look, you can't share the name of Jesus anymore, they said, look, you can't stop us from sharing Jesus. And they let him go. 
And then we're going to pick up in Scripture, and Peter and John, they, they go back to the church, and something really amazing happens. Let's pick up in Acts chapter 4 as we see what happens when the believers pray. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. On the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And then they quote scripture from Psalms chapter 2. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The, king, the kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one, end quote. Then they go on to continue praying. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. It's a very interesting part of this prayer. They say, look, all the crazy things that are happening, Lord, you've put into place for a purpose and a reason. This is by your design. Now, Lord, consider the threats and enable your servants to speak the word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31 is about the church calling on his name, the name of Jesus. You would think Peter and John go back, they share with the church what had transpired, the conversations that, that went by, and here's what you think would happen. They'd sit around the round tables in their grow group, and they'd complain about what happened. But that's not what happened. They didn't complain. They didn't bellyache. They didn't wallow. They said, look, opportunity, let's go to prayer. Because God has a plan in the midst of hardships. God has the plan in the midst of fear. God has a plan in the midst of circumstances beyond our control. Let's get together with God so that we don't do something stupid, but we walk in his spirit and we figure out what God wants to accomplish and we get it done. That's what they did. The greatest concentration of power in Jerusalem on that day was in the prayer meeting that followed the trial. This is one of the truly great prayers recorded in the Bible. And it's a good scene and serve in order to defeat the It's optional. I'll go if there's nothing else that, that I'm doing, if I feel like it. There's little sense of urgency in the church today because most of us are just comfortable with our Christian walk. If more of God's people were serious about witnessing for Christ in their daily life, there would be more urgency for prayer. And the blessing that the church would receive would be amazing. So let's talk about prayer. Let's, let's just let's unpack it all. Point number one, unity in prayer. 
It was a united prayer in this meeting. When they lifted their voices to God, it was with one accord. We see that same heart take place in Acts chapter 1. The people were of one heart, one mind, and God was pleased to answer the request. Takeaway number one today, division in the church always hinders prayer and robs the church of its spiritual power. Nitpicking about things that don't matter, don't matter. But what they do is steal our power that we're meant to have. And it sidetracks us from the mission of seeing people saved and set free by Jesus Christ. You don't like one of the songs we played. You don't like the color of one of the, the rooms that we painted. You wish we would have done gone right instead of left. Does it really matter in the long scheme of things? No. What matters is are we sharing the truth? Are we loving on people? Are we serving our community? Are we being witnesses for Christ? Those are the things that matter. If we're not doing that, then by all means, let's, let's sit down and let's, have, let's discuss that. But that's what really matters. Let's not, let's not be in division. Let's be in unity. Jesus is king, and Jesus wants to move in our city. We can come together on that. The praying was based solely on the word of God. In this case, it came from Psalms chapter 2. The word of God and prayer must always go together. Together. In his word, God speaks to us and tells us what he wants to do. In prayer, we speak to him and make ourselves available to accomplish his will. That's what prayer is. That's what prayer should be. Making ourselves available to get done what he wants to do. But let's talk about point number two, what prayer is and what prayer is not. True prayer is not telling God what to do, but asking God to do his will in and through us. It means getting God's will done on earth, not man's will done in heaven. Too often we treat prayer like a genie in the bottle. Let me rub my Bible, quote a scripture, and God will do what I want him to do. That's not how God works. We come to serve the king. And because of his great love for us, he often serves us in tremendous ways. But he is not there at our beck and request. We do not sit on a throne and go, God, move on our behalf. The prayer should be, Lord, let us graciously move for you where you want us to move. But too often we treat our life as if Jesus were a genie in a bottle. It's interesting, they didn't pray to have their circumstances change or their enemies be put out of office. Rather, they asked God to empower them to make the best use of their circumstances to accomplish what he had already determined to do. By the way, that's not fatalism. That's faith. That's faith in a Lord of history who has a perfect plan, who we see throughout the word, do what he wants to do the way he wants to do it. They asked, and God gave them our biggest prayer request, remove me from the situation. God, take me out of the suffering. Take me out of my pain. Take me out of this place. But oh, what would happen? If we turned it around and said, God, put me in and empower me for this moment for what you want to do. 
Church, we rob ourselves of the power because we're always telling God, we give up, we want out. We don't want to play. Because here's what we often want to do. We want to set the game board up our way. This is how we want God to work. This is how we want things to go. Now, God, empower me to work in my little mindset on this is how it works. This is how it's done. And can I tell you why why that doesn't happen? Because God doesn't work that way. So the church does not know God's true power in their life. Because we're like, we don't want to play the game. We don't want to be put on the board. We don't want to be put in. Patrick Mahomes, I'm, I'm guessing, will play today. And he will play wounded. Why? Because that's his place as a leader on that team. Sometimes we have to play wounded. Because in our weakness, people can see the glory of God. In our weakness, we will come to know him in greater ways. It's okay to play wounded sometimes. Philip Brooks wrote this. Do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger men and women. Do not pray for tasks equal to your power. Pray for power equal to your task. Come on. Let me say that again. Do not pray for tasks equal to your power. Pray for power equal to your task. Guess what? David showed up on the battlefield and there was a giant. He was much larger than David. David didn't say, cut him at the knees, cut him at the waist, then I'll go face him. He was like, God, give me the power to meet the task ahead of me. God is the one who chooses the challenges for our life. When they're in front of us, they're always going to be bigger than us. Because God wants to prove He's bigger than your challenges. If all the challenges we face are the same size as us or smaller, that proves that we're God. If the challenges we face are larger than us and God comes through for us, it shows how big our God is. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. The church addressed God as sovereign Lord, the God who is in control of all things. The Greek word gives, uh, gives us, uh, the Greek word here in English is the word despot, which is interesting. You wouldn't think about calling God despot. Uh, a ruler who exercises absolute power, but they can choose to rather be benevolent or abusive. Simeon used the same title when he prayed in the temple in Luke chapter 2. It is God, uh, it is a good to know that the sovereign Lord is moving in powerful ways in our life. And thank goodness we have a benevolent Savior. That he's not cruel and abusive. That he uses his power to demonstrate his love for us and for others. They also approach him as the creator. For after all, if your father is Lord of heaven and earth, what have you to fear? Nehemiah approached God uh, on this same basis in Nehemiah 9.6. And so did the psalmist in Psalms 145 and the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 42. Suffering believers to 
Psalms 2 describes a revolt of the nations against the Lord and his Christ, Jesus. The psalm originally grew out of the crowning of a new king in Israel, perhaps David, but it's ultimately a message that points to the king of kings, our Lord. Whenever a new king was enthroned, the vassal rulers around were required to come and submit to him, but some of them refused to do this. But God only laughs at the revolt. And he knew, and he knows today, that any kingdom, any king that stands against the name of Jesus Christ will not stand for long. Jesus will end up on top. The early believers applied the message of this psalm to their own situation and identified uh, their adversaries. They saw adversaries as Herod and Pilate, uh, the Romans, and some of the Jews. These enemies had ganged up against Jesus Christ. They crucified him, yet God raised him from the dead and enthroned him in heaven. And this was all part of God's perfect plan. There was no need for fear because God was in control. God has enabled you to have the situations, circumstances you're facing in your life today. It's part of his plan. I know it hurts. I know you're tired. I know you're exhausted. But it's part of his plan. Because God wants to show you how great he is in your life. Point number three. We've got to make sure that we don't let faith in the divine sovereignty destroy our human responsibility. The, the early church strongly believed in God's sovereignty and his perfect plan for his people. But note that they did not permit their faith in divine sovereignty to destroy their human responsibility. For they were faithful to witness and faithful to pray. It is when God's people get out of balance and overemphasize either sovereignty or responsibility that the church loses its power. Again, we're reminded of Augustine's wise words. Pray as though everything depends on God and work as if everything depends on you. It's pretty good. Faith in a sovereign Lord is a tremendous encouragement for God's people to keep serving in difficult times. God will do his part, but he asks us to partner with him and do our part. It's interesting that their prayer, they didn't ask for, for protection. What they asked for was power. They did not ask from fire from heaven to destroy their enemy, but for power from heaven to preach the word and heal the sick. Their great desire was for, for boldness in the face of opposition. The emphasis is on the hand of God at work in the life of the church, not on the hand of man at work for God. Believing prayer releases God's power and enables God's hand to move. Too often we complain about the people that aren't serving the Lord. And we'll go to prayer and we'll pray. And we, you know what? We pray sometimes more to the devil than we pray to Jesus. We like to tell the devil where he can go and what he can do. And you know what? I'm tired of doing that. I want to talk with Jesus. I have no desire to talk with the devil. 
I want to seek the Lord. And the people in our country, the people in our state, the people in your community, the people that you work with that are not in line with God, God wants to see them, their lives changed and transformed. The way that happens is God's power to be released in your life so that you would be a witness to his power. Witness to his power. Wow. God answers their prayer. There was a a shaking in that place when their meeting had come to an end. There was a filling of the people once again with the Spirit of God, and this gave them boldness that they needed to continue to serve God in spite of the opposition that they faced and despite of their circumstances. This wasn't a second Pentecost because there can't be a second Pentecost any more than there can be a second Calvary. This was a new filling, an ongoing filling of the Spirit to equip the believers, to equip the church to serve Jesus and to minister to people. We'll look next Sunday at the arrest of Acts chapter 4, but it's interesting after this point They receive this fullness in the Spirit. They're going deeper with God. And what happens is they become more bold. Their love grows for each other and for others. There's a greater desire to sacrifice. There's a greater desire to share. There's a greater desire to do life together. The early church enjoyed great power, but also tremendous grace. And that ought to be the marks of a great church today. Great power and great grace. Worship team, if you would come back. Nothing else lies beyond the reach of prayer except that which lies outside the will of God. I don't know who first said that, but the statement is absolutely true. Dr. R.A. Torrey, a noted evangelist and educator, said, pray for great things, expect great things, work for great things, but above all, pray. Above all, pray. The early church prayed, and God answered in mighty power. May he do so again in the church. We're going to do three things this morning. Interact with the Lord in three different ways. The first is we're going to take communion. So if you've got your elements, would you get them ready? The reason we're doing communion first is because the focus for the early church and we in this prayer was they put the focus on Jesus. It was about glorifying Jesus. Everything. The empowerment they were asking for wasn't about them to get glory. It wasn't about control for the church. It was about putting glory to the king. That's what we should be about. I can think no better way to do that today than to take a moment for communion. So what we're going to do is we have two elements. We've got... uh, the wafer, which is the bread, the grape juice, which symbolizes the wine and the blood. The, the, the bread is the body of Christ. The blood, or the, the, the grape juice is the, let's try this again. 
The bread is the body of Christ. Uh, I'm playing wounded. Um, and then the grape juice is the blood of Christ. And if you're here this morning, we're going to take communion together in just a moment. But I want to make sure you have a relationship with Jesus. You might be going, man, I, I, you're talking about power and the Holy Spirit. I don't know anything about any of this. I just feel like I'm, my life's out of control. It's spinning out. I have very little control over anything. And you need a Savior in your life. We're going to give you that opportunity today. I'm longer sitting in the driver's seat. I'm separated by, by all the junk in my life from you. And the only way to get through that junk is to say, Jesus I believe in what you did. I believe you came, you died, you rose again, and that in this moment, you're calling me into a relationship with you. So I want to pray for you this morning, and if you would pray along with me to receive Christ. Lord, I am a sinner, which means I am not perfect, and I am very much far from that. I'm a broken man. I'm in this place today purely on grace, not by merit. I'm in need of a Savior. Because if I drive my life, there's, I'll only drive in circles. I need someone to come in and take the wheel, to give me a firm foundation, to guide my life, to direct my life, to give my life purpose. Jesus, I believe that you came, that you died, and that you rose again. That you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And I ask you to come into my life and save me. Change me from the inside out. You prayed that prayer this morning, taking the first step in your relationship with God. I'd ask you to get the elements ready this morning if you haven't done so already. We're going to start with the wafer, which is the bread. Our scripture tells us that Jesus, or our, the Bible tells us that Jesus met with his disciples before his death, they had a meal together. This is the direction that he gave. It's out of, this is out of Luke. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take just a moment, and let's remember what Jesus did on the cross. Because his actions there are exactly what we read about the church doing in Acts chapter 4. Jesus didn't say, get me out of here. Jesus looked to the Father and said, put me in and empower me to complete the mission. It's pretty amazing. I asked the worship team here if they would just lead us in a song, the rugged cross. Let's take a moment and reflect. Let's just think about what Jesus did through the power that's written about in, these, in, this, in this verse, in these songs. And just take and reflect on who Jesus is in your life, what he's done, what he's doing for you, what he will do. Would you lead us this morning?
somebody here this morning that you're really struggling because it seems like every you're trying so hard to push a plan that you think God's got you on 
And it has just been met with resistance after resistance after resistance. And you kind of put your head down and you're plowing forward. And uh, my dog does this sometimes. He puts his head down. He'll just plow forward. Even though he can't get beyond me, he'll keep pushing and pushing. I finally have to call him by name. Be like, skip or stop. Somebody's pushing and, and you think you're pushing against the enemy. You think you're pushing against circumstances. Really, you're pushing against God and God is trying to get you to surrender. He's got you where he's at right, where you're at right now because he needs to work through you. He needs to do some healing. He needs to do some deeper things that you're unaware of. He's not trying to hurt you. He hasn't abandoned you. He's just saying, hey, we got to go through these challenges because you're not ready yet. When he went to the garden, hey, if this cup will be removed from me, I'm for that. But not my will, your will. That's how good our Savior is. He shows us the honesty of how we're supposed to pray. We'll talk more about that next week. Take the the emblem of the bread. Lord, your body was broken. That was the assignment. You endured more than we could ever imagine. But because you endured, that should encourage us to endure in our hardships. That you did not go through anything. We're not going through anything that you have not yet done yourself. We can endure through the challenges we're going through. We can make it through and out the other side. Not in our own power, but by your power. We thank you for your body that was broken. That provides so many great things for us. The word says, by your stripes we're healed. Lord, I believe you're going to do some healing yet today. Let's take the element of, of the bread together. The scripture goes on to say, likewise, uh, and likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. The church had tried in the past, uh, there was rules, you had messed up, done something, your imperfections in your life, I, you had to come to the temple and you had to sacrifice things because the only way to make things right was the pouring out of blood. The problem was even the greatest, finest animals in the world still aren't perfect. Jesus said, I'm making a better way. And my blood covers all iniquities, covers all mistakes, covers all sin, all failures. And it's through the pouring out of Jesus' blood that we can experience true grace in our life. It's by his blood that we are set free from the burden of sin. Lord, we thank you that your blood was shed for us. You stood up there, you, you, you stayed in, you, you, you prayed, put me in the game. And you accomplished the task. You died, you poured out your blood, but then the Spirit came, and Lord, you rose from the grave. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice, and we thank you for the Spirit.
Let's take of the cup together. Now, we're not quite done yet. I'm going to ask the worship team, you guys want to go back and be seated because we're going to do two more things here. It won't, it won't take very long. I want to pray for you this morning for empowerment. I believe God wants to empower you. I heard this testimony I want to share, and then we're going to call you forward for those who want to be empowered by the Spirit today. Uh, I heard this testimony about a police officer. This had happened some time ago. Uh, he was fresh. He was newly out uh, of the academy. He had, was working. It was his first several months as, a, as a, a beat cop, a street cop. When he got the call one day after school, a couple hours after school had gotten let out, they had an abduction was called to the school. He was one of the first officers to respond, him and his partner. They talked to the parents. They realized his child has been, been taken. Um, it's two hours in, and any time that you have a case where a child's abducted, uh, the first two or three hours are the best chance to get that child back. Um, and they knew that. This young officer turned to the parents and said, we're going to find your kid. And as him and his partner left to go to their patrol cars, uh, his partner said, you can't say things like that. Because what if you don't? What if we don't find this kid? You know, and this officer's struggling with this. This is the first time he's ever had to deal with anything like this. They get in separate patrol cars and they start going. And he drives a couple blocks when he pulls over to the side of the road, believer in Christ. And he just, he's having this hard time. He's like, Lord, I don't know how to even begin to pray. He goes, I've attended church all my life, gone to the Bible studies. If it's possible for us to find this child, I don't even know how you would do it. I don't know how you would speak to me. I don't know how you would direct me to find this child. I don't know how, but if it's possible. He's just having this really honest conversation with God. He said as he's finishing praying on the street behind him, a car pulled out and the car came around him. And as the car went by, he began to almost feel sick, sicker than he ever could. He said, I can't even explain it. There was this thing in my stomach that churned. And the next thing I knew is I flipped on my lights. I followed that car. The car pulled over. I went up and spoke to the man and I said, you need to open your trunk right now. And the man did it. They opened the trunk, and the child was in the trunk of that car. Look, I don't know how God always works. Everybody tries to write books. Here's the thing. Sometimes somebody can't teach you something that only God can teach you. I just know he does it when we're willing and we're honest and we're real with him. I don't know everybody's situation that you're facing today. But I know this. You've got a choice to make. Our prayers can be, God, get me out of here. Or our prayers can be, God, you put me here. Put me into play. Empower me for the moment so that you can do what you want to do. If you'd like to just have a moment today to be empowered by the Spirit, to face the situations and the circumstances that you're going through, I want to invite you to come up front. We're just going to pray for each other. And we're going to pray like the early church did for empowerment. We're not here to complain. We're not going to pray for the fire of God to come down and burn people up. 
we're going to pray for the fire of God to come and fill us up so that we can do the assignment that he's got for you this week and, and beyond. So would you come right now if you want to experience the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life to accomplish the task God has for you? Come on. We're not going to do anything weird. I'm not going to stick, nobody's going to stick wet willies in your ears or twist them. That's not going to be what's happening. All right? We're just going to pray. And Kathy, I'm just going to ask for a moment if we can just, just stop. We're just going to, we're just going to let the Lord hear our voices. Would you begin to pray? for the Spirit to come and empower you. Lord, in this moment, we lay down for just a moment. I know that you love this church. God, we face this season and time unlike any other. A world that has lost so much of its morality, its ability to know right from wrong. But Lord, you do not burn for anger for them. You weep that they might know you. And you have called us to be the bearers of your message. That there is hope in Jesus. There is forgiveness in Jesus. There is restoration in in Jesus. You have called this church to serve this community. And we cannot do it on our own strength. So just as the early church did, we cry out to the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords. God, we humble ourselves. We do not seek power for our own authority. We seek power today to do what you want to do in and through us. To serve our community. To be bearers of light in the darkness. We pray empower us by your spirit to speak the words of Jesus to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be bold in our prayers, and to be willing to step out in faith and pray for miracles and healings in people's lives. Fill us with your Spirit, because we need you. We need you, Holy Spirit.
You are awesome. And you are great. Lord, just like that police officer in the moment prayed, Lord, we don't, we've got to stop trying to feed you answers. You've got the answer. We've got to start saying, we just don't know, but you do. And would you move in our life? Lord, we surrender. I don't know how you're going to do what you need to do in our lives this week, but you'll do it. Help us to hear. Help us to know. Help us to go. Help us to see. I believe. I believe. Lord, put us in the game. Put us in the game. Put us in the game. Lord, don't shrink our challenges. Give us the power to face our challenges. Make us better men and women of God. Help us, God, to be empowered, to be brave, to be courageous. We're going to end today doing one last thing. We've prayed for the empowerment of the church. We've prayed for the empowerment that you might walk out of this place and be able to do what God's called you to do. And part of that is he's going to give you opportunities to pray for people, to pray for healing and miracles. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask as we make some room up here in the middle. We're just going to clear the way. So if you're standing here right now, just go off to the side for a minute. You might be coming back. We're going to ask you to move. It's like aerobics. We're going to go to the right and in your life today. God's about to heal some people in this place. If you need a healing, you need a miracle, would you come join me right now up front? Don't wait. If I'm the only one, I'll be the only one. But if you need a miracle or healing, come on up. If everybody comes, that's fine. Jesus will pray. <laughs> I know there's more, so I'm just going to wait. All right. I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit. I'm not allowed to pray. I'm supposed to be here with these people. So church, I'm going to ask you now to be the church. Would you come up and would you lay hands on these people and would you pray boldly with the empowerment you've been given? Because how can we do it out there if we can't do it right here with the people we're supposed to be living the closest relationship with? So would you come and pray for healings and miracles this morning? Would you come right now?
Katie Worthing, I'm going to ask you to take a leap of faith this morning. Would you pray over our church for healing? God, I thank you so much for this church family that I've known to grow and love the past two years. I pray that you give each one of these people healing or whatever, or a miracle. I pray that you give them the strength to face this week. And I pray that you give your blessing to each and every person in this church. God, you know what you have planned for everybody that's standing here and even those who aren't. You know what's going to happen this week. Although some things this week may seem uncertain, just pray that you give each one of these people your power to be able and strength to be able to face this week. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Man, I love this girl so much. <laughs> wow. Powerful prayer. Robbie, would you pray over our offering and dismiss us today? Because we have been the church. God, thank you for your grace and mercy that you extend to us so freely. God, thank you for the privilege of just meeting together as a church family, just to encourage one another, to pray for one another, to share a smile, to listen to a story. Uh, just to be brothers and sisters in the Lord. God, thank you now for the opportunity to give of our tithes and our offerings. God, you are doing so much as we are faithful to you. I pray that you would help us to give um, just with a pure heart. And God, bless this offering and may it do great things for this church, for this community. God, we just put our trust and our hope in you. And Lord, as we go our separate ways, God, remind us that we are to worship you with our life. Let our light shine for you wherever we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to pray for one last thing today. Um, a family in our church had a tragedy this week. Um, their business caught fire uh, and burned down. And so... Uh, we're just going to pray for them. I don't have the permission to share this, so I'm not going to use any names. Um, but I just want to pray. God, you provide. You move in great ways. And Lord, as we minister to this family, I pray that you would give us wisdom, that you would help us to meet the needs. Lord, the need is greater than what we can do on our own. But Lord, you, you own it all. <laughs> You provide, and as they figure out what's the transition for work and what they need uh, as a family, the changes that might need to happen, Lord, may they know that their church family loves them, that we stand with them. Uh, 
And Lord, just I pray for our staff as we continue to, in the moment, them beyond our own. Amen. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Uh, this week, we've got some great ministry going on. Next Sunday, we're going to pick right up where we've left off.